So welcome to Confessions of a Serial Seller. I am so excited to share this guest. This I couldn't actually believe he responded to my message, never mind very kindly, graciously accepting my invite to, to come on my show. But this is a guy who I can't big him up enough. He is the telephone sales guru and has taught me probably more in sales than over 300 of the top, top performers. He not only has he written five best-selling books on sales, but he received a Lifetime Achievement Award from the American Association of Inside Sales for professionals for his contribution to sales. Art Subcheck, thank you so much for joining me. Well, Tony, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor, and I'm so happy to be here. No, well, trust me, the honor is all mine, my friend. So tell us, tell us just in a, in, a, in a few minutes about how you began your journey in sales and, and how you got to you know, winning that Lifetime Achievement Award. Well, as I like to joke, everybody begins their journey in sales when they're born because every kid a, a, is a, a salesperson at birth, right? Because yeah. who, are the, who are the best salespeople we know? And as it, as it would turn out, my, my very first paid job was a sales job where I took the bus into downtown Omaha, Nebraska, in the states where I lived at the age of 13, and I was selling tickets to the policeman's fundraiser circus. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it truly was a boiler shop operation, and yeah. uh, apparently they, they didn't have child labor laws. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not even sure if there was a circus, so I think the whole thing was a scam. But um, I, I realized at an early age that I could, yeah. I could speak on the phone and do pretty well and, and make money and sell. And it seems like most of my jobs after that gravitated towards some type of, of inside sales or telesales job, yeah. including my first corporate sales job, which was with the old AT&T back in the day here in the States. Yeah. And then um, I, I'm an entrepreneur at heart and left after just about a year and started my own company, made every mistake there is to make in yeah. the books, but eventually learned that if I was going to do well in this, I needed to become great at the, the speaking and training part and not just the, the selling part. So, yeah. so that's, what I, that's what I did, still working at it. And uh, so they, they give out the Lifetime Achievement Award to people that have been around for a long time. I think that's the number one criteria. But it's, you know, I know from, from reading a lot of your incredible content, I know you talk about smart calling, not cold calling, right? And what's, and I know you've had such huge success at the art of it, excuse the pun. Um, what, what do you put that success down to? What the, as far as the success of smart calling? Yeah. Well, I, I, I had been teaching smart calling a long time before I even wrote the book and came up with a name and, mm. and the timing just seemed right to make it formal and to trademark the name and to do a book on it. And as it yeah. turned out, uh, a major publisher in the U.S., John Wiley, contacted me and I, I had resisted going with publishers in the past because... Mm. You make more money, frankly, when you self-publish if you have an audience, which I did. But I thought the benefit of going with the publisher is that I'm going to get the distribution here. We're going to be able to get that message out to more people, yeah. which is really what my goal was. Because cold calling, let's face it, you're just the term itself is negative and too many people were doing it the wrong way, which was smiling and dialing and giving everybody the same pitch. And yeah. Uh, 
you know, it's just ridiculous. And for the longest time, I had been teaching that in order to have success at this, it's not just a numbers game, it's a quality game. And the best way to enter into a conversation with somebody, a meaningful conversation, is to talk about their favorite subject, which is them. Yeah. You know something know something about them and tailor your message so that it's relevant and that they're going to say to themselves, huh, this sounds like someone who actually has done some research. They know something about me and they actually have something that is somewhat relevant to me. Yeah, I'll listen to you. And I, I mean, it's a pretty simple concept. I don't know why more people hadn't been doing it prior to that. And, you know, frankly, I don't know why everyone doesn't do it today. I mean, more people are. Yeah, totally. The, the third edition, I'm happy to say, is coming out in, in May, which may be passed by the time some people listen to this. But yeah. the, the third third edition, the the concept have, hasn't changed. But what we did was I added a, a lot more examples from people who are actually out in the field and having mm-hmm. success and just crushing it with, with the concept. So the I think the success is due to, to something that is common sense, that works. Yeah. At, and uh, it resonates with people because they say, well, well, this is the way humans like to operate. Totally. No, no, totally. And that makes absolute sense. And a lot of people are say cold calling is now dead, you know, with, with social media, how it is, um, and all the other sales AI available to us. But, but I argue that, you know, but I wanted to get your opinion on, on do you believe it's now dead or, or how's it evolved? Well, I would say the cold has been dead for a long time because there's, abs- there's absolutely no reason ever to place a cold call, which I define as calling and giving everybody the same pitch without knowing anything about them yeah. or even knowing if what you have is going to be relevant for them. And I don't know about you, but but I get those calls. And hmm. um, actually, I, I call it job security. And it and it also gives me good content because I record my calls and, and yeah. I use them as, as case studies. Yeah. Now, as, as I, and I think what people actually mean when they say that, though, is uh, prospecting by phone is dead mm. with to, to someone that you don't yet know who is not yet expecting your call. Mm. And, and I would say anytime somebody on social media or anywhere comes out with the general all-encompassing statement that something is dead, mm. it loses credibility with me because mm. then... I realize that they're selling something that is probably the opposite of what they say is dead because yeah. they're, they're just, just trying yeah. to discredit something that's actually working. And if something is actually working, therefore it isn't dead. I mean, somebody may as well tell me that electricity doesn't work. Yeah. Electricity is dead. That's a very fair point. So how, if, if you still, if you think it's very much alive and I'm on your page there, do you feel it's changed at all? As, as time has gone and, and the technology has changed? Well, yeah, actually all of the above. What, what has changed for the better is that technology has given us tools that can mm-hmm. make our job so much easier. For example, from the information gathering perspective, mm-hmm. with, a couple, with a couple clicks of a mouse, I can know a lot of information about you, your industry, what you do. And then if I take even a couple more minutes, I can go even more in depth. Mm. And so, so again, therefore, absolutely no reason to place a dumb cold call. Yes. Technolo- 
technology's also made it easier with uh, a number of the sales enablement tools. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we have all the other forms of communication because I'm not a believer in you, know, you should only use the phone yeah. because I use, I use all the other forms of communication, obviously, LinkedIn, uh, in-mails, emails, texting, yeah. uh, good old-fashioned paper and pen, sending notes, Absolutely. social media. I mean, all these things, because, I mean, let's face it, Tony, at the end of the day, the the goal is to enter into a meaningful conversation with someone, yeah. uh, either face-to-face, over the phone, or, or over video, right? Yeah. How we get to that point is going to differ. Uh, if you want to look at the most effective ways of communication, it's always two-way communication, which I always used to say that face-to-face is number one most effective, the phone number two most effective, but now the hybrid of that will probably be uh, 1A, which would be your video communication. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, especially today, more and more people are being forced to use it. Absolutely. So I'm a, I'm a big believer in all that. So, so technology has changed our lives for the better in a number of those ways. It's also enabled us to be more productive. Uh, on the negative side, it's also being used as an excuse for yeah. many people to, to not sell. Because they'll say that nobody answers the phone. Um, Nobody answers their emails anymore. Well, I mean, here's the thing. If if you want to get people more interested, you've got to be more interesting with your your own messaging. Totally. Couldn't agree with you more. So you've, for obviously many years, have been surrounded by and, and, and coached thousands upon thousands of sales professionals in all areas. What, what in your valued opinion, what, what are the key traits or commonalities or characteristics of what really makes a top sales performer? Actually, there's, there's several here, and, that, and that's a great question. And I, I've given this answer many times because mm. the, the answer really doesn't change. Number one, it is the, the desire to learn. Mm. The top salespeople realize that they will never, ever graduate from the school of sales. Yeah. And if, if somebody practices what I call the, uh, the vaccination method of sales training, which is kind of like, oh, I had the measles shot before. I don't need that again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then then that, that tells me a lot about them and their character. Yeah. Also, also they 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 tend to work a little bit harder than yeah. everybody else. And and I'm not talking about, you know, you gotta work till your eyeballs bleed and put in ninety hours. Yeah. What I am suggesting is that especially when you're just starting out, you're gonna do the things that it's I know it's a cliche, but you're gonna do the things that nobody else wants to do or, or probably will do. And that yeah. means doing doing the research on the weekend so that you can hit the ground running during your, your peak selling times. Absolutely. It means coming in a little bit earlier, staying a little bit later. It means doing what you say you're going to do. Mm. If you tell somebody, I'll have that proposal to you tomorrow, uh, we could rationalize it. Tomorrow means by midnight tomorrow. But yeah. The top salesperson knows that that's going to be their first thing on their desk in the morning. Yeah. So, so they're, they're constantly learning they're always, uh, they're always looking to get a little bit better. They're going to work a little bit harder. And I would say the last one, <clears throat> the last one is big, no pun intended, and that's thinking a little bit bigger than everybody else. It's just as, 
it's just as easy to go after the huge deal as it is the small one. Yeah. Many times people have this, they tell themselves this story that, you know, they can't break into the big account or, or maybe they're not worthy or yeah. they're, they're just not talented enough. Yeah. And, and, and the best salespeople that I've ever seen weren't necessarily the most intelligent, yeah. you know, the smartest, the, the best communicators, but they, they had the combination of all, all three of those. Yeah. And those, those are always present. I mean, being smart is a bonus, you know, being the quote natural, that's a yeah. bonus, yeah. but it, it isn't always required. No, I think that's really good observations. And, and I know yourself, you know, I don't even need to ask you, do you, do you still learn and, and from, from you know, experts out there, you know, and, and that's a stupid question. So my, my question to you is what's the best advice that you've ever either learned from books or listened to podcasts or that you've ever been given maybe from a mentor? Well, one, one piece of advice that, that, I always give people, and I probably picked it up somewhere along the way as it relates to just sales success, mm. is get information before you give it. And I mean, you can, you can mm. apply that to, to almost every sales situation. Because if I go into a sales situation, I start giving you information before I know something about you. Yeah. Uh, Number one, I'm going to be perceived as somebody uh, who, who's being pushy because you're just trying to tell me what to do. Yeah. And then the other problem with that is just, just in the process of asking questions, it does so many things for us. One is it lets the other person know that you're interested. Number two, it gives them the opportunity to talk about themselves. And number three, at, at kind of a, a subconscious level, and I know you've, you've studied NLP, right? Yeah, Absolutely. So at, at that level, just by, uh, just by asking somebody questions and getting them thinking, it, it changes their state. So if I can get them to, mm -hmm. to change their state of mind where they're thinking about needs or problems or pains, they're going to be more receptive to hearing my recommendation. Totally. No, I love that. I, I had earlier Mark Dixon came on as a guest, and I don't know if you know Mark, but he's, he's one of the authors of The Challenger Sale. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't know, if, have, you, have you had a chance? Have you read that book? Uh, I, I read it when it first when it first came out. I, I cannot say I'm an I'm an expert in it. But it, in in a summary, or it was he he did from all his research and he profiled salespeople into five different types. One being a relationship builder salesperson, and one being a challenger salesperson, which he defines as someone who who shares great value, imparts expertise and knowledge, but challenges the buyer's status quo. And that came up top in all across all five profiles in terms of what makes a successful salesperson. What, what's your opinion on that? Well, I, I, I think that it has its place. And I, I think for, and here's the thing, when we talk about sales, too many people will attach labels to things and make generalizations mm. as if it applies to all of sales. Yeah. Because sales applies to everything from the uh, guy who just showed up at my door trying to sell me uh, organic frozen meat yeah. to, to the teams that are selling multi-million dollar enterprise software to automate uh, the biggest factories. Yeah. Now, 
the thing is, is that you've got different buyers, you've got different sales cycles, you've got different processes. And, and I mean, I could tell you as a fact that I know if somebody came to me for something that was not a, a high dollar sale mm. uh, or something I didn't perceive as that, and they came in with the challenger process and they're going to try to tell me what to do, mm. that's not going to work so well for them. <laughs> mm. That's fair. No, that's a very fair comment. Well, and, Sorry, yeah. No, but, but, but obviously in other situations, it, mm -hmm. it has its place. So, mm -hmm. I, and I think the problem sometimes with, with salespeople is that they might latch on to something or a process or, you know, some tool or the next shiny object. Yeah. And then they, they just invest everything into it as opposed to looking at uh, sales and tools and methods and processes more like a buffet. Yeah. And and saying, okay, how does this fit with what I'm selling, the results of what I sell to the market that I'm selling to and the typical buying process in that market yep. as opposed to just taking something and then just trying to jam it in and make it fixed. Yeah, I get that. You've shared some great tips already, but if you, and I know that you've written five books and, and I've read most of your newsletters that you send out, I mean, you, you give away such incredible content, but if you could give my listeners three of your top sales tips, you know, your absolute golden nuggets, what, what do you think they would be? Oh, well, that, that's a good question because again, I'm being asked to generalize here. I guess I gave you one, <laughs> I gave you one already, which yeah. is, uh, get get information before you give it. Yeah. If you want if you want something more specific, I would say never ever put together a a, a voicemail or an email or an opening statement that does not have a a possible result in it. A possible mm -hmm. result. Some people might say that's the benefit. Now, the, you know, benefit is not a benefit to everybody, and it could mm. sometimes be construed as a thing. People don't buy the thing, right? They, mm. they buy the end result. Yeah. So whatever your messaging is, put yourself in the position of the person who would be hearing it or reading it and saying, what is the result for me, and, yeah. and would, they, would they be interested in that? So, so that goes a long way. Mm. The other one, of course, is... Uh, in, in every situation. And, and here's another example of how life is sales and sales is life. I mean, can, can you think of any situation in life where you're interacting with somebody where it's not a sales situation? Because we're typically normally trying to engage with somebody and we most times would like them to think and do the things that we'd like them to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You want to go to a movie, go to a restaurant or whatever, unless, you know, somebody is just a, you know, <laughs> totally complacent and a wimp. We, yeah. we, most people like to make recommendations. Yeah. So, so I, I would say, look at every situation as a sales situation and say, how can I get this person to do what I'd like them to do as long as, as long as it's in their best interest? And how could I get them to do that with questions yes. as opposed to just telling them what to do? And then here, you want my all-time best closing tip? Please. Okay, here we go. This should require a permit. I might ask people to sign a release <laughs> yeah. on this one. <laughs> but, but here it is. Three letters. Ask. 
A S K. Yeah, absolutely. How's that? How's that? I can yeah. hear the minds exploding across the pond. That's right too now. complex for my listeners, Art. It's just too much um, to begin. <laughs> I mean, so many people think that there's some secret or some magic to closing the sale. Well, here's the secret to closing the sale: get the get the call or the visit to the point where it becomes a no-brainer to just yeah. simply ask the question as opposed yeah. to trying to worry about some magic moment where I should be closing the sale. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's the natural culmination. Matter of fact, if you think about it, if we did everything right, people would volunteer the sale. Yeah. And we love it when that happens. But when it doesn't, sometimes they're still on the fence. Yeah. I mean, I had, I had a guy out here to my house yesterday I had some critters on my roof and I'm thinking they might be getting in my attic. So I had one of these companies come out and the guy spends an hour putting together a proposal mm. and uh, it was for a couple thousand dollars and he yeah. handed me the proposal, actually emailed it to me. He was still outside yeah. and uh, then he knocked on the door and he said, well, did you get the proposal? I go, yeah, I did. He goes, what'd you think? I said, well, I think it's a little bit high. Yeah. And, um, and he goes, oh, okay. Then he starts justifying the price and, I, and, and I'm just standing there. And if he would have asked me, so yeah. to go at least for one point, one part of it, I would have said, all right, let's do it. Yeah. But, here, but finally, we were him and hawing, and I said, well, I'll tell you what, let me think about it, and I'll get back to you. He goes, oh, okay. And then he walked away after spending at least an hour and a half going through my house and being on my roof. And he probably won't even do a follow-up call, right? Not yet. Yeah. Maybe it, we'll, Maybe we should send him the podcast. Yeah, let's do that. Great idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are, what's been your, you know, I know you've made many sales in your journey. What would you say has been the standout sale for you that you're probably the most proud of and maybe you've got the best lessons from? Oh, that's a good question. I think... I think it might be actually uh, getting into a sold out sporting event by just simply asking the person at the gate if, if they would let me in when I didn't have tickets. Love that. What was that for? What event? <laughs> Do you remember the event? Yeah, it was a, it was a major league playoff game, and uh, it was. And I pride myself on uh, on being able to buy tickets to most events because yeah. we know how to deal deal with people. Yeah. And um and, and I and and they were going for some exorbitant amounts. It was a major league uh, playoff game in yeah. Kansas City, and um, I just simply you know, went up and asked the person if, uh, hey, you know, I don't have a ticket. Everything's sold out here, and oh. you know. I was wondering if you might be able to just let me in. I don't mind standing room. And the guy looks around and and uh, kind of winks at me. He goes, hurry up. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I mean, sometimes as simple as that, right? Just ask the damn question. Well, yeah. And I, I know you were probably looking for more of a, you know, substantive answer and you know, some of my more complex sales. But <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I've sold tens of millions of dollars worth of my own stuff. Yeah. And I, the, the older I get, and I've been, been in business for 35 years, and uh, really, Tony, the, the advice I, I would have for people is don't over-engineer it. Yeah. Don't, don't overthink it. Be, be yourself, because yeah. everybody that you're talking to is still a human, unless you're talking to a bot, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and they have certain needs that they need met. People, people want to talk to other people at a, at a human level. They, they want it to be conversational. And when, when someone tries to be too formal and too businesslike, 
then that causes everybody to tense up. And I found that when I'm just natural, real, you know, asking the questions, asking mm -hmm. how I can help, what's the next step, what can we do to move this forward? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if they're working with a committee, I'll ask them, is this yeah. what you're going to recommend to the committee? Do you recommend that we go with this? If they say yes, great. What what can I do to help you sell it? Yeah. What can we What can we do together to to move this forward? Yeah. Uh, I mean, just, just sell the way that that people normally talk. That doesn't mean that yeah. you, you shouldn't have that planned and you shouldn't use best practices. Yeah. But the key to the key to really sounding smooth is having knowledge. Yeah. And we, we get confidence from competence, meaning mm -hmm. the, the more we know and the more we practice, the easier it becomes for us. And I know it's easy for me to say after all these years, you know, just mm -hmm. go in there and be smooth and be natural. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can, you can speed up that process. You can shorten the learning curve by yeah. putting the time in, gaining the knowledge and, and practicing. I love that. I love that advice. And if, if you had, this might be tough for you, Art, but if you had one sales mantra that you lived by, what would that be? Make it about the other person. Always yeah. make it about the other person. I mean, again, I, it's not very profound, but uh, I was just on a podcast right before we got on here and we were, we were talking about this. We were talking about the fundamentals. I mean, the, mm. the fundamentals are the fundamentals for a reason mm. because they have withstood the test of time and they still work. Yeah. And uh, it's you know, people might be listening to this a couple of years from the time we're actually recording this. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if, if you want to say that we're recording this during a, a pretty challenging time with the whole Absolutely. virus situation. And what's happening right now is that people who have said things like, you know, the phone doesn't work anymore, are now finding themselves on the outside looking in going, Darn, I wish I would have gotten better at using the phone. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And uh, also what is what is happening, and we know this as a fact, is that companies are downsizing right now. You know right. who they're downsizing? People who aren't able to engage people in conversations over the phone. People who were desk jockeys, sending out emails and, and just doing social media uh, and not having conversations. Yeah. The, the, the people who are doing the the human to human conversations who can generate revenue build relationships those are the people that are still in demand yeah. and um and and again it's it, it's not the, the the shiny object it's it's what has always worked and always will work because i mean let's face it the the, the human brain really hasn't changed much in thousands of years yeah. despite all of the new shiny objects and sable sales enablement tech technology yeah, that's very true i've never looked to like that but that's absolutely true well what's would you say that if you had your three top sales books apart from obviously yours that you've ever read what would they be you know, I'm I'm not big on saying I have necessarily tops or favorites because if you would see my wall right now, just one of my walls, I'm looking at probably 400 sales books. Yeah. However, I'm not going to totally dodge the question. I, I would say that one book that should be a part of every salesperson's library is not technically a sales book, mm. but it's the old classic from Robert Cialdini, which is uh, the, the book Influence. Oh, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Compliance officers he talks about, doesn't he? I love it. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that 
when when we understand psychology and why people do what they do, yeah. then we don't have to rely on you know a tactic or a close or this or that because again, it, the, what it all gets down to is is people understanding people. Why do they do what they do? What do they want? What do they want to avoid? And how can we help them get it or avoid it? One of my very first self-development books was when I was still, I think I was a sophomore in college and mm-hmm. it was how to win friends and influence people. Yeah. And, and again, some people might not say that, I mean, that technically isn't a sales book, but it is because yeah. it's, it's all about how do we, you know, how, how do we, how do we matter to other people? How do we make other people feel important? And it's just yeah. full of, of good advice. Uh, and, absolutely. You know, if you if you look at a lot of the sales books around today, many of them are borrowing and stealing the the things that were in the book. I don't want to sound like you know the sixty year old guy that says "get off my lawn," but a lot of the stuff you read today is yeah. is a, a shinier version of what has been around for a long time. It's it's funny to get off on a little bit of a tangent here. You know, look at all this internet marketing stuff. Every everything that's being done in internet marketing today was based in direct response advertising, which has been around ever since direct mail has been around, which which I studied kind of built my business on. So I I have to laugh when, you know, people are looking at a lot of the stuff that's being used right now and, and, and and thinking that it's new. (laughs) Yeah, it's very true. Very, very fair. Oh, where can, where can my audience access your books and some of your, your incredible content? Well, probably the best site, one site to go to would be my my blog, which is smartcalling.com, smartcalling.com. Yeah. From there, you can go and access pretty much everything else. You can, you can get books there. I've got, uh, there's tons of content there. You can get a link to my podcast there as well. Right. And uh, I, I would say start there. And from there, you'll be able to, to drill down and and uh, invest some valuable time in, in you know instead of going to you know netflix or youtube absolutely absolutely <laughs> oh thank you so much for giving me up your time i, I can't tell you i've ticked off one of my bucket lists having you on my podcast so thank you so so much well tony i appreciate that you've made my day and uh, i'm flattered i'm honored and you're doing a great service here and i encourage everybody go out and check the past episodes like i did tony's got some great content here and uh, thank you so much for having me on no thank you look after yourself stay safe all righty